It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Dennis. It's James here. Hi, James. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience with service in episode 65 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. (laughs) Wow. That that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful today. How's, uh... (laughs) So how's it going? How's it going, gentlemen? So my, my sister had a baby last night. It's her fourth boy. Oh, I was going to say, is it a human baby? It is a human baby. I think it's human anyways. Wow. It looks like a pig, but it's human. That's kind of harsh. Wow. A cute pig because we like pig noses run in my family. So me and my sister both have a piggy nose. And so the little baby true. has a piggy nose. I always thought you looked like a, a I don't little understand. bit like Chief Wiggums. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but and you're never mind. Okay. A little skinnier than Chief Wiggums though. And I hope a little bit more brains. <laughs> I never thought you had a pig nose. Slightly. It po- it's, now I it's, definitely am gonna look it's at short that differently. And stubby and slightly mask. vertical. That explains your affection for little pigs. You love Maybe. pigs are cute, man. They're like the best. They're okay. You know, one of our good friends who told a story on our podcast, Steve. He uh, he has a sponsee or somewhere up up north, right? Who has a pet pig, Walter. And so, this sponsee of Steve sends Steve like updates on Walter with pictures and everything like that. Uh-huh. And so Steve sends them to me. So I'm like the president of Walter's fan club in the, the Florida division or whatever. Oh, I love that. It's wonderful. So it's December, really guys. Cool. It's officially cold in Florida. Yeah, the first time it's of the year. It's December to remember. Yeah. Did you think we would make it? Be honest. Yeah. I knew we would make it. I knew it, and I believed yeah. it, and now it's true. So, it is It is real So, cool. Mike, you seem a, a little soft-spoken today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm d- doing okay. Yeah, so I, uh, I went to – we're actually in separate studios today because uh, over Thanksgiving – it just like how, you know, when T was away and she came back, she kind of like quarantined away. So I'm trying to do that to the best of my ability. Specifically, that right now, I want to make sure that I don't get you guys sick or anybody in AA, really anybody out in public. Like there's some stuff for work and they're asking me to just keep a mask on, you know, wear yeah. gloves and just get in and sanitize on my way out. 
so I get that. But everything else, uh, so I'm a little acclimating back even after four days to uh, central air. I'm a little stuffed up. And then personally, uh, I just had to separate all of my uh, Christmas decorations and last night and had a had a tough time because I had to divvy them up uh, to my ex and I talked to a friend who flipped perspective and I'm, I'm so grateful for like people inside and outside the rooms. I don't know about you guys, but even people outside of, uh, that don't have a program, I've surrounded myself with people that are positive and can pull out any good, even if they're, they're not an alcoholic, they're normie or whatever you call them. And a friend told me, you know what? Don't think about splitting the decorations. Think about that. It's just going to two houses that your daughter is oh, in. And he's like, so, so essentially we're just decorating two rooms, like two big yeah. houses yeah. Um, with stuff because, because I was really like, I don't know. I was super sad. I was super sad. Just thinking about the memories that I had that I won't I won't have anymore and then my friend told me that and it did truly help you know like some things help a little bit I think that in the moment helped a lot so uh but Thanksgiving was great it was uh you know at this point it was a couple weeks ago when you're listening to this but uh from when we're recording it I I got a opportunity to hang out and uh my nephew turned 11 my niece turned two and i was able to be there for that and uh it was really great it was it was fantastic and the uh it's interesting you guys haven't been on a plane right since the world's kind of shut down no you've you've obviously known people that have but as of recent i still thought they were like 75 percent full and on the way to Boston, it was pretty empty, and it was great. And then on the way back, there wasn't one seat empty. Really? And I, I, I don't, I didn't know. I didn't know that that was that was a thing. But I guess it's a thing. Uh, so everybody did keep their face masks on, and they, you know, when the uh, it's funny when the pilot had to use the restroom because I got up to uh, change my daughter. And they have the food cart blocking the uh, where the pilots sit like they didn't. The pilots, I guess, had to use the bathroom and the bathroom at the front of the plane. They wanted to make sure that nobody was within like 10 feet of the pilot. So they put the food cart blocking the way Mm -hmm. (laughs) while the pilots use the restroom. (laughs) And I'm like, I had never seen that before. You know that, the, huh. <laughs> but they just had it like halfway down the uh, the set. I, I guess it's important, right? You don't want the uh, pilots to drop dead as they're, you know, flying you around. Well, and uh, they're more exposed if they were to like not take extra precautions. They're around different, like hundreds of different people every day. There's a yeah. risk there. That's a that's a good point. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So, so, but, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was great. Well, first I got the important question is how did your daughter do with the traveling and hanging out with the family and everything? She had a great, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she had a great time. I thought, and like maybe James has really, or you too, as far as your, your uh, nieces and, and nephews, Dennis, it's like, there's a certain age where I think they constantly change and they flip a switch. And a year ago when she was a year was the last time she saw my family really. And she was very reserved and it took a long time to warm up. And I thought it was going to be the same, but it was maybe 10 minutes. And I don't know if there's any truth to, because I mean, she's my daughter still every once in a while, mean mugs. uh, Yes. Like whenever she's around, she shoots them like glares. And I wish I could say that she does that to everybody, but just that effect on women. Like do you do you think do you think fa- like family like even at the age of two is there like a, a smell or something that actually will come over and be like this person's family they're somebody that you I think trust. it's a vibe you know I think like yeah. there's a comfortability when you walk into like your family's home versus just a normal person's home or like a friend or something where there's a comfortability there you know and a familiarity. Yeah. So she can read that off of like you or your family and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just strange. Cause it was like, it was a snap of the fingers. And even before that, I mean, she's really only hung out with them. Definitely under 10 total days, you know, hung out with the whole family in the last two and a half years, just because of distance and because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, that's, but that was great. And, uh, I think I found the sweet spot as far as riding on the plane. Definitely better to fly l- as late as possible with a two and a half year old because on the way there was great because she was awake. Then she threw a fit for 20 minutes. Then she fell asleep. And on the way back, it was two hours of just losing her mind. Oh. And I was just like, I actually, my left forearm is twitching still because I was flexing it, trying to hold her legs so she wouldn't kick the person next to her the entire time. And two hours of like making oh. a muscle, my bicep and my left arm are like Stress. jacked. So if you guys would need to know where the gym is, I'll say it's that way. Mm-hmm. That way. Yeah. I'll make it a muscle. I don't know if that, that didn't. I have pictured you like doing your bicep, like flexing your arm and then turning your wrist and pointing that way. That's That's it. That's what I did. That is literally what I did. (laughs) Uh, But enough about me. Thank you for asking though, Dennis. Uh, James, what do you got? How is everything? Good. I had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, It was just Salith and I. I made a little bird. And we ate the little bird. (laughs) Yep. And then, uh, we uh we watched a movie that my mom recommended. It was called P.S. I Love You, mm. and it was actually really good. It, 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 like the first scene had this couple fighting, and then you know they made up and everything. And then the very next scene, it was the funeral of the guy, so he's dead in the whole movie. <laughs> not to, oh god, not oh, to ruin, wow. but it turned out it was pretty cool. He like left a bunch of letters for his. He knew he was going to die, basically. So he set up this whole list of things for her to do. 
you know, because he knew that she would be completely broken. So it was really, really touching film. I recommend it. And um, it was it was like a honey do list. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was really it was, a, it was a love story, and he yeah helped her from beyond the grave to like find life again in a way. Correct, Dennis. You 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 hit the edit. You know who ha- who's in it? Um, who the the Scottish guy who's in uh, the Angel Has Fallen? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 and he was Gerard oh Butler. Gerard Butler. He's he was good. Younger in it too. He, he played an Irishman, so. It was really good. He still sounded like a Scotsman, but he was supposed to be Irish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny. I thought you were going to say it was Liam Neeson no. that was in it. Because that would be sweet. Yeah, he just picks up the phone and's like, I'm going to love you. I have a certain set of it's so It's so funny because that's probably what he's most known for. Wouldn't you say at this the point? The Taken series, yeah. But he's actually yeah, a good actor. Like- he's done a ton. He's a great, great. actor. Uh-oh. He was in the Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. Um, other than that, I got all my Christmas shopping done, and I've got most of the presents already wrapped. I'm, uh, you already did your Christmas shopping? I did. I did. Did you do it on Black Friday? I did it over the weekend, but I just I found amazing deals. Like, you know those remote control Sphero balls? No, those they're robotic balls that you can program. Anyways, oh, oh, yeah, we call those BBAs. Correct. So I call it a hamster ball. One hundred and fifty dollars. I got I got them on sale for forty bucks. So I got two. What one for each, and then uh, where, uh, where, getting, where are you getting, getting Spiro balls for Christmas, Mike? Target. And so this is a funny story. I I, I was at Walmart two days ago. And I went to the clearance section and they had an electric scooter. And it was normally, it was one of those Razor electric scooters. And normally it's mm-hmm. also like $140. It was on sale for $21. So Really? I Did you it. get an electric scooter? Yeah, I totally got it. It's in the box and everything. And I, and, um, it's, Is that for you or for it was, someone else? I was going to get it for my son. And it said, you know, max weight, 110 pounds. And I was, uh, for some reason, I thought my 13-year-old weighed 70 pounds. Turns out he weighs 170 pounds. That, <laughs> that, makes, that makes more sense. And I, was, I don't, because I called him, I was like, how much you weigh? He's like, oh, I don't know, about 170. I was like, wait, you don't weigh 70 pounds? He's like, no, dad. He's like, no, dad. I'm as tall as you. Yeah, that's the problem with, like, kids. They keep growing up. That's one of the their problems. I've also, got two nieces, and it'll be perfect for one of them. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, I, I just thought it was funny that I, I thought he weighed under 100. <laughs> oh, well. At one point. At one point, he did. But other than that, you know, I'm picking him up in uh, approximately 19 days. I got the what? Tesla again, so I love that. <laughs> oh. oh, you did? And you didn't know if you were going to And you're doing the one-at-a-time experience? I, no, no, I, this was... Um, oh, that changed again? Yeah, that was actually their mother's idea, so I just went along with it. And then I finally asked the boys about it individually, and my oldest said, uh, no, I don't know if I like that idea. And the other son said, no, I'm not going to go anywhere if uh, my brother's not going. 
So. Oh, really? Smart. Yeah, oh, wow. basically that, that flipped. And then I, um, I was going to get them after Christmas, you know, so they could spend Christmas with their mom. And um, she promptly said, no, I, I want them to have Christmas with you. You do a, a much better job with the, the presents and the tree. And she's just, I want them. And then they, so I was like, I changed the dates. I, I got the car. And then, then she texts back again, like, oh, they want to stay Christmas with me. Uh, Cause you've had them for the last two Christmases. I was like, oh, okay. Um, like knowing full well that I wasn't going to change my plans or anything. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me uh-huh. see if I can change the car. And then I, I waited like 15 minutes. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. There's no more availability for the car. Uh, so yeah deceptive yeah but i mean at this point like it was perfect and then i just said you can have the kids for the next three christmases how about that (laughs) well that's nice but it was um funny like it it was a lot of back and forth but uh it's all settled now and i don't really have anything to worry about because Christmas shopping is done, and anything else I need to get, I can just order on Amazon and have it shipped anywhere. I don't even have to wrap anything. But I love Christmas. It's the time to be cheerful and to love. It is the time to be cheerful and to love. I agree. Which is why we're in the Christmas series. Oh, yeah. your favorite Christmas song here. Dennis, I think this is one of the best ideas you've had. And I'll be honest. We sometimes say you don't have good ideas, but you do. Sometimes. You do have the, the trick is, is you throw out like 50,000 ideas, and then eventually one or two of them will be all right. So how many, how many scripts now we, have you written? Like 50,000 of them. <laughs> 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 one. Uh, not one good one, though. So there's a flaw in the theory. <laughs> I am having a hard time figuring out where we're going to go from here because the two that you initially had were already on the second, which is service. And we still have, what, two more weeks left before Christmas? Yes, but we haven't done so, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yet. That's, that's going to be a whole episode? Yes. It's about finding a place where we belong and where we can fit you know what in I would and like? be accepted for who we are. Well, I've got something that just happened to me this morning about service. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, let's let's jump in there and and uh, just on the note of a future I like episode as far as Christmas yes. goes, I was thinking it would be fun for us to I don't know what the heck we would call it, but there's some Christmas songs or movies that have ties to alcoholism and maybe seeing how we take from it of different things. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you know the song. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go back. Joan Fogarty has a Christmas song. It's talking about meeting somebody that he hasn't seen in a very long time at the grocery store parking lot, and then they go drink in the car together, and then they they say goodbye. Do you guys know that Not Christmas yet. song? No. I'll, I'll play it for you. It's god awful, <laughs> and. <laughs> Because it's essentially saying it's totally okay to split a six-pack and then drive. And I'm like, they better have been in there for a very long time. Because it takes a long time for that blood to alcohol level to yeah. go down. That, and I'm uh, sure it's going to be watching I, them I, in the parking lot. I've got a perfect Christmas song. And the best Christmas song ever 
was all I want for Christmas is a hippopotamus. And if, you, if you've okay. never heard that song, it's the greatest song ever made. And the segue, yeah. it's a interesting, it's got a history <laughs> to it, which is interesting because what it was, it was done by like the Ohio Zoo or some zoo or whatever. And they wanted a hippopotamus, but they couldn't afford one. So they made this song and did like fundraising to get a hippopotamus for the zoo and it worked. So it it is very uh, service oriented song. I like huh. that. I like that. Nice. That's that's nice. So sorry to cut you off, James. So service that that came up this morning, and we'll let you kick this off. This is nice. So as you guys know, I do the Zoom meetings in the morning, and then um, and our Zoom meeting is you know part of the the brick and mortar meeting. However, it's also listed under the meeting app as a, a meeting, a separate meeting that people can attend. So we get new visitors almost daily, and they're even from Ireland, England, um, Australia, a bunch of different places, Canada. But um, today, um, there was a, a brand new person, who, um, well, a newcomer, and his name was Jay. And he, um, when he introduced himself, he picked up a white chip virtually. And uh, for uh, he said he, he this is his first time at AA. And he's like, I basically, I don't know what's going on. I was like, oh, I've been there. And um, in Zoom, you can chat. So um, I immediately, you know, thinking about everything we talked about with the newcomers, I put in my chat. Um, and I did it so everyone could see. Like, hi, Jay, my name is James. Why don't you give me a call after the meeting? You know, and that way, you know, I can inspire some of the other people in the meetings to do the same thing whenever there's a newcomer. You know, I think two or three or four numbers being shot out is a good welcoming. Anyways, I was the only one who, who did it. And um, <laughs> and um, one of the, the person who was doing the chips, uh, Norma, she's like, oh, she saw that. She's like, oh, make sure you check out uh, in the chat. James posted his number. It's really good to, to get numbers when you're new. And um, sure enough, he, he called me back. And, uh, it was right before I, we, I got on to the podcast. And he was on his way to work. Uh, he said he was in uh, sales. And he lives in Central Florida. And he knows nothing. He didn't even know there was a big book. So I told him a little bit about my story. Um. And I told him that uh, I told him to get a big book. I said to order a big book. I, it's called an Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, aka the Big Book. You can get it for twenty bucks on Amazon. And he, and I said read the first hundred and sixty four pages. I told him to to come back to the meeting often and uh, go from there. You know that way you can at least diagnose yourself. You know and find out. You know what on page 30 of the big book when it talks about all the different ways we tried to stop drinking and none of it has worked. So we'll be able to go from there. So I was able to, he was able to leave the meeting and then find a little bit of information because if I know if he went to the meeting and that was it, like he would be like, okay, that's nice, but what do I do now? So I was, I was able to be that person and be of service to him. In a, in a time where he could be hurting. 
that's what I got today. It's kind of amazing, right? That like that's where your head instantly goes. And I, I will say, and I apologize because I was on this morning. Um, I was doing my uh, meditation. Oh, you were listening. You were on. Um, yeah, I, I was. I did not have my video on. I will be honest because I was still in bed. <laughs> um, but, but I, I yeah. I, the this morning's was uh, to the, to thine own you self were be on, true, you were and on. I got a. I got you were gonna check me anyway. <laughs> there is a test. You're like, oh yeah, what's the topic? Uh, and I will say that uh, I bumped off as soon as, and I was gonna jump back in, but I didn't. Uh, I saw the message come up in the chat that uh, Jay said, "White chip, please," mm-hmm. and um, I. If I was there, I would have shared my number because I've talked about it before. I still have the meeting list from Vermont um, with all the numbers on it. it. Like the visor in my car that you flip down if the sun's in the way, like the sun shield. I have a bunch of meeting lists from Vermont tucked in there because those numbers saved my life. And I'm sorry that I wasn't – you can, you know – if if you talk to Jay again and he needs any other numbers, please pass oh, mine along. Um, and because I think that's so important, right? And that your head goes right there of like, it's kind of like a no brainer. Yeah. And maybe I'm go. I think not that I'm going to the wrong meetings, but I think sometimes maybe it's because of COVID. I don't know what it is. It's just, uh, or maybe times past and people are more um shut in shut down to it and not as open but i think that's really where the magic is like the doing just connecting even on the phone you know like i'll still answer phone numbers that i don't know the the number i i'll pick it up and unless it's at like a crazy crazy strange time like the middle of the night um i will i'll usually pick it up just in case and there hasn't been an opportunity to share my uh, number with a lot of newcomers as of late because I haven't gone into a, um, a jail or a rehab, something I used to do a lot when I was in Vermont and when I first came into Florida. But maybe I can plug back into that because that really, uh, I guess, selfishly, selfishly, I know I do it also because the feeling that I get is is straight up joy, which we talked about last week um, in having that. So I hope, I hope Jay's able to like latch onto it. And I'm also glad you didn't refer him to this podcast. Cause that would have turned him off immediately. <laughs> you know, the, um, the thought did cross <laughs> my mind, but the conversation was, was so short cause he was going to work and, you know, basically I just let him know that, Hey, you know, we, we have a text, read it. And then you know, that way you can get a, a grasp on what this is all about and then call me back and he, he did say he'll call me later today so we'll see we'll see if he's the the one who calls when he says he's gonna call or he just says it <laughs> yeah yeah been there right it's all good <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that is no, good dennis oh, you... i just think that's the heart no no go, go ahead go ahead heart chance of service in the program is once you're well one-on-one with another alcoholic is where the, the true magic happens. You know, it's service 
at its at its root, at its absolute rawest form. Yeah, Dennis. They there's a reason they call you Mister Service. <laughs> who who calls me Mister Service? They don't say it to my face. I thought it was Mister Clean. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't call that me Mister Clean. <laughs> um, service. It's it's the spirit of the season. Um, I don't know. I uh, to me, I think like I always try to emphasize service in the program because to me like like y'all said it's that's where the magic happens it really does it's it's if the root of our problem is selfishness how do we become less selfish and and like get rid of that program and the only way to do that is by helping other people by doing service and you know in the program like my experience with service was like Early on in the first year, I was asked to um, make coffee. So I took that on as a service. And for me, like, I was a very introverted person. Don't share, don't talk. Like, you know, I'm not one to, like, go up to people and introduce myself and, like, that kind of stuff. But in the act of, of making the coffee and having that commitment uh, it forced me to be there. The first one there set up into, and as people came in, I would meet them and, you know, I became a part of the group through the service, you know, then I also, you know, I'm not one to speak publicly or anything like that, but in the act of doing service of sharing like the meeting, it, it, uh, forced me to, say words in front of people and kind of have all eyes on me or whatever, you know, and then that makes like going and telling our stories when we go to like rehabs or like speaker meetings or something and share our experience and strength and hope, you know, that helps me on a lot of levels, but it also helps other people that might be able to relate to it or like hear something that clicks in their head of to do the right thing or whatever. Um, like I just spoke, you know, the day after Thanksgiving at a meeting and I was like anxious and, and whatever before it happened, but then I did it and it was good. And then afterwards, you know, I had a lot of like some newcomers and just some people coming back, uh, new sponsee and other, and all the way up to like old timers that had 30 years that are like friends of mine that like came up to me after the meeting and told me how much like they got out of it and it helped them. And that was like a really good feeling. And the feeling doesn't come from like the praise, but it's like knowing that something as simple as telling our story can help other people. And I think like early on when we first come in, you know, like you don't, we don't see how like doing something as simple as setting up chairs in the morning or greeting people, like being a greeter outside the meeting and saying hi to people and, and stuff like that actually helps us. But for me, what it is, it's almost like learning to ride a bike with training wheels. You know what I'm saying? If we can do these little acts of service in like the meeting setting or the, the fellowship setting, then we get used to that. 
And then we can uh, take that and apply that to the broader world. We can apply that to our family, to our work life, to just the world in general. You know, it's like, you know, for me, the service is like almost a way of life, you know? So like if someone in AA asked me to like come and set up, you know, I'm going to say yes. And that's not, that wasn't always my reaction to begin with. But if, now when I go home, if like someone asked me to empty the trash or do the dishes, I might not want to do it. But because of the habit that I've built of like helping people, it's now easier to be like, of course, I'll empty the trash. Of course, I'll go run this errand for you, you know, without even questioning it. You Can know, I I, one thing, Dennis. Um, yes, you may. I was not. Thanks a, for asking. No, I was not. <laughs> but. Uh, I was with uh, Jarrett and Mike the other day, and they said that you absolutely killed it. They said you did a wonderful job. That was on Sunday, and I wanted to just pass that on to you. So, thank you. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah. Where, where were y'all on Sunday? We went dirt bike riding. Ah, uh, y'all didn't invite me. Whatever. I wasn't invited to. No, I'm just kidding. Speaking. <laughs> Why wasn't I invited to? You I speaking? think you were out of town. You were out of town. So what? So what? You could have could have videotaped it. I could have given you critique. Isn't that against the rules? You can't videotape a freaking meeting. <laughs> you could have called him and just left it on speakerphone next to you. And let- um, that would have been I nice. Was, I was in my head preconceived with my own fucking anxiety. Sorry for cursing. Oh, geez. Jeez. It's, hey, it's fine. It's, it's the season, you know? <laughs> I think that's... There's, there's a reason that that family starts with an F. Oh, I don't know if I like that one. <laughs> so, okay, Dennis, the next time you have like uh, an anxiety attack, you can just remember that you were in a room full of twenty people, all looking at you, and everything was fine, and God was with you. And so, well, I know that. Like, <laughs> and it's it's like things like before the meeting, everyone's like, well. Your everyone here is your friend, and everyone here loves you. You're safe, and all this. And I'm like, I know this, but it doesn't make a freaking difference. Like, it, but it, <laughs> they told you that, yeah, of course. Was that Mike? I did not. I can't. They lied to me to make me feel better. Oh, no, that's just. It seems friends. Yes. Do they love him? I mean, yes. I don't know who is in What's that love room. Got to do with like if. Yeah, Tina. <laughs> I agree. So, well, I know you guys, uh, it, like we all have done, and we touched upon this, I think. So this is the second time this year, but service is, is one of the, what do they call them? One of the, well, it's one of the legs of the stool, right? One of the um, crux or hallmarks or cornerstones. Yes, hallmarks. I think that's fitting based on the Christmas season it's one of the hallmarks of the program so we do it every single day at some extent and i don't i i I guess i look at everything that i'm doing that i don't want to like the old (laughs) me wouldn't want to do as service so anytime that i'm helping somebody out um with anything i try to i mean obviously with alcoholics i try to do it but just like this is the season where other people, I feel like, step up. And that's why it's it's a strange thing. I'm hoping that the world doesn't let um, 
I guess the pandemic and coronavirus prevent people from wanting to provide service to other people as far as holding a door goes, even with your foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh well in a way it's a tough I think thing. in a lot of ways though it's it's kind of emphasized this service in the sense of like you know what these like doctors and nurses have been doing and stuff like that like it it shines a light on them and 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 shows how much they go through and how much they do selflessly and how much they put themselves at risk you know i think there's also a sense of like you know a lot of people are forced to dealing with isolation and family that aren't really used to and stuff so it kind of emphasizes that too it it kind of puts things in perspectives that we are in this together that we need to think of the greater good of all of us rather than our selfless or our selfishness you know at least for some people (laughs) (laughs) um what was the and i think we talked about this before but just to circle back around what was the first piece of service that you remember doing that you guys remember doing uh, in the program as a probably recommendation from uh, a sponsor of yours? Like, like for me, my first sponsor always uh, told me that, Hey, even if you got one day sobriety, you can be a greeter or you can be the light switch guy, the last person in the room that makes sure that everything is tidy and put to where it needs to. And you shut the lights off at the end. Um, so that was that was my first. I I became GSR from there, chaired meetings, which is service. I always make sure that I claim my seat, uh, or at least as as often as possible, if there's time, to just show appreciation that like the program works, um, and I always make sure to do that. So those are just a couple things. Service. What did you guys? How did you guys start with service in the program? My sponsor had me <clears throat> chairing the meeting, um, pretty much after the first month. So the first month, he's like, "Yeah, just just don't say anything. Just sit there and listen." <laughs> and uh, after that, you know, he, um, I guess the first thing he said was like, "Okay, I want you to share at every meeting." And a lot of times when you're new, man, you don't all you're just in your head like, what am I gonna say? What are these people gonna think about me? But really it's not anything like that. You know, most people are just thinking uh about themselves. <laughs> and um you know, he had me after a month or two, um he's like, I want you to chair in the meeting once a week. And um thank God there's a script. So all I had to do was read a script and then call on people. Um, and, and it was pretty, it was good. You know, that's, you know, that's how I got my first sponsee. Uh, Cause I was chairing the meeting. He came up to me afterwards and he, he thought I was the one in charge. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and that was Chris, you know, and he's still sober today by the grace of God. And uh, so that was my first thing. Just, um, <laughs> And I I even had, I I think I shared this with you, like, you know, after I did that for a few months, I I had one of our members come up to me. He's like, even, he's like, you know, you don't have to chair every week. (laughs) And I was like, who the hell? Oh, really? like, who the hell do you think you are? I I didn't say that, obviously, but I was just like, it was kind of offensive. Like, you know. I I remember that time period. 
it was a thing. Yeah. But there was I, I, yeah, but there's so many meetings. I don't even understand. So how many times were you sharing? You, I mean, sharing. Just once you were sharing once a week. Well, my mind you, like whatever, like whatever that situation was. But the the motivation <laughs> behind it was that like we have six meetings a week, and we have like sixty something people sometimes that show up. So if you have the same like six people every week signing up every week, then not everyone gets a chance to experience that. So that's where their motivation yeah. is coming from. They might not have attacked it the right way or approached it the right way. No, but it would yeah, kind of like spread the wealth around a little bit. But... Yeah, I would have t- told them to stick it where the sun don't shine. But James handled himself <laughs> very well and right in that situation. Oh, yeah. I just, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know. And that was it. And I kept going every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> classic. <laughs> uh, classic James. Yeah. Uh, how about you, you Dennis? You really, I know you don't do much. So, yeah. uh, I just... don't. I, I only do it when I'm forced to. Like, Mine, I guess the first service I did was chairing the meeting. Um, and it was like 90 days in. Like, my was that nervous? Was that nerve wracking for you guys? Me, absolutely. Even though there's a script to be up there, absolutely. Like, still, sometimes I get like super nervous and anxious from it. But like, the first time I did it, it was like right after my 90 days because in our meeting, we like in the celebrate the morning meeting it has a 90 day requirement or whatever. So you have to be sober for 90 days before you could chair the meeting. So right after my 90 days, my grand sponsor came up to me and, you know, y'all know Danny and he's like this New York old school firefighter, like big muscle guy. And he's like, you're going to, you're going to chair the meeting. And I'm like, what? No, (laughs) I can't do it. No. At this point, I'm still not sharing in meetings. I'm not whatever. Like it's, I'm just trying to stay in my own little bubble and not do anything. But he's like, "You're going to," and he like, you know, put his arm around me and walked me up to the sign up book where it has the calendar where you sign up for when you're going to chair. And he opens it and he's like, "Up, oh, there's two days there. It's Tuesday and Thursday. Pick one of them." Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I was like, uh, I'll, I'll pick that day. And then he's like, well, pick up a pin, sign your name. You're volunteering for this. I'm not doing it. And I'm like, oh, man. So then I did that. <clears throat> and what's funny is that, like, you know, at, the day after Thanksgiving, when I when I told my story, like we just mentioned, that morning, I was at the morning meeting at Celebrate the Morning, and in and my grand sponsor was there. And when he got there, he's like, oh, how are you doing? I hear you're speaking tonight, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little nervous about it. Um, and then, like, you know, he's like, you know, he gave me a little pep talk and went inside. Like, a couple minutes later, he comes out. He's like, you're chairing the meeting today. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, blah, blah, blah. And then he forced me to do it. Well, he suggested that I do it. So I did it. <laughs> and I was nervous or whatever, but it helped me in the sense that, you know, once I started it, I was fine. So then mm. at the 
you know, later that night I was definitely anxious and, and stuff, but it like was enough to like get me to show up and realize that once I start talking, then it's going to all go away. And then, you know, Danny or my grand sponsor was actually there that night too. So that was good. But like, yeah, and, and D- Danny actually told his story a year ago uh, this week. So Danny M. So just so that way, the point of reference that Dennis is making, you you could definitely say his name. He told the story. He's a part of the defective characters family. Nice. So yeah, yeah. So sorry to cut you off, Dennis. No problem. But I mean, that was my first experience with service. And and again, like I'll emphasize, like I always try to do is service helps you be a part of you know rather than just showing up and being just another body in the room when you actually participate and contribute to it you get that sense of family and a fellowship that we all like talk so highly about yeah yeah that's awesome so some of the some of the fruits of just to put a bow on it as we say some of the, uh, I guess, promises that that I have seen, I'll go first, and then if you guys have anything to add in to close it out, some of the things that I attribute uh, service to letting me get out of myself is the number one thing. It gets me out of my head, whether it is picking up the phone if a number that I don't know calls, whether if it's putting my number out there to a newcomer. <laughs> Um, to just maybe give some uh, advice, uh, suggestions of what worked for me. And if it works for them, great. And if it doesn't, you know, then that's that's fine too. Um, but I like the fact that there's no BS in people that do reach out their hand. They're not doing it for any other reason, especially when it's like, hey, call me. And that conversation between you and them, is uh is really important and that like that service feels really good i love getting early and setting up the chairs and stuff uh because for the most part i feel like our home group does a good job of like thanking those people for setting up but a lot of times the people that set up and break down don't get thanked and you just do it because you want to make sure there's a meeting there and that's why you make sure that the tables and chairs are set up, you know, uh, even more so. I think the appreciation like what uh, James and T are doing virtually for so many of the uh, what do we call them? Elder statesmen to be able to have a place to have a meeting through all of this. And you know what? Even after this, I have a feeling that they are more tech savvy now than they have ever been, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and how great that is. Right. And that's, that's all service that that in particular didn't really exist. It definitely didn't exist 10 years ago, but even 10 months ago, the way that uh, recovery meetings have been since really jumping in, in February and March, um, is great you know and there are still some bugs here and there and kinks that need to be worked out people's audio cuts out and you're like ah i gotta go to the next person but to be able to actually see people hear people and do a meeting after the meeting and before the meeting is uh 
is great and you can be a part of all that. They're definitely always, if you're listening to this and you want some service, but you're not going to in-person meetings, I'm sure James uh, could use a hand with a host or however, um, you know, hand out the virtual chips. There's plenty of ways that you can do that. Indeed. Anything else you guys want to add in before we close up shop? Um, I think like you mentioned the promises and when you, when you mentioned the promises, it started thinking to me like, what are, what are promises? Like, does this actually accomplish? And the f- first thing that it came to my mind was um, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we, you know, we know that our experience could benefit others. And then, mm. you know, that's like, you know, the ultimate service of working with someone else, walking someone through the steps that like, you know, I know for me, like coming into the rooms, I had a lot of like guilt and shame based off the things that I had done in my past and blah, blah, blah. But then like, you know, it's working with other people and helping other people where all of a sudden I'm no longer worried about myself that I'm like focused on someone else and trying to get them better that like that comes to life. It's like when they share an experience, I can be like, Oh, I've done that too. This is how I've dealt with that or whatever. And it actually helps them. It puts the whole thing in perspective, you know, and at the heart of that is a tr- is, is service, you know? And then also like the promise of a fellowship will build up among us. It's, it's like, I feel like the fellowship that like me and James share and Mike and us together and the other people that we surround ourselves with, it's, it's, it's a bond that is understood as, as, you know, developing out of us sharing our experiences, sharing our joys and our distresses and, and stuff like that. And we, come at it as as a as a with a spirit of understanding and giving and supporting you know i think it's it's a it's a very good realization that like in the heart of it that service is what helps bring a lot of these promises into fruition and into perspective i love that that's nice well thank you Dennis. that feels good Thanks, Dennis. You're welcome. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 66. We're the defective characters entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, you just got served. I actually don't. What? <laughs> you just got served. Service? Oh, Service oh God. I don't it know. Was an, it, I one of your the world's famous I, bad puns. <laughs>